Corinthians chapter 1 this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 this morning, who knew a hard time? And uh, I, I, listen, I, I, have, I have been on her back like I've been on my kids' back through the years, and um, my my Emma too. She loves to sing, and I tell them I've always been a, a proponent of just coming out with the truth. And um, oh, she knows. She knows. She already knows all this. And uh, and I used to tell both of them. I said, "Listen, stop singing like the artist. Sing with your own voice, and uh, and sing out because sometimes you could tell." She did a little bit this morning. She's she sang a little a little low this morning. And then when she got into the song, she really belted it out. And when they do that, man, it just I don't know, it does something for me. And so um, uh, I appreciate her sticking by it through the years. And uh, some songs that say, "Nope, you can't sing that one." Sorry. And so she would find an instrumental part of it and 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 do the song. And so a lot of people would a lot of people would have quit. A lot of people would have give up, and uh, she is uh, really uh, wants to uh, wants to do it not for um, uh, man's applause, but she wants to do it uh, for God's glory, and so uh, that uh, means so much to her family, uh, means so much uh, to me and her church as well, and so thankful for that, and um, always thankful uh, when she uh, when she sings by herself or even with a group, and so. Um, uh, always look forward to the next time she's singing. First Corinthians chapter number one. So we've been talking through and, <laughs> and talking about um, our testimony, uh, having a testimony for God. So understand something and know this, no matter who you are, no matter how old you are, no matter what stage of life you're in, you have a testimony. You have a testimony. So what is a testimony? A testimony, the Bible actually uses, um, uses another word interchangeably with testimony. It's the word conversation, uh, our conversation, the way we live our lives. More than just what we say. You see, your talk talks and your walk walks, walk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. You ever heard that statement before? See, talk is cheap. That's basically the, how, that, how that goes. Um, you, you could say one thing, but is your life backing up what you say you believe? You say, see, in other words, uh, I talk and I say, hey, I believe this. Uh, but then I'm living something different than what I'm saying I believe amounts to nothing because... How I'm living isn't backing it up. And so when we walk, when we do things and say things without opening our mouths, you've heard the statement, you've heard me say it uh, multiple times, I heard a preacher years ago make this statement, uh, preach the gospel and use words when necessary. It's a great statement, isn't it? Now, obviously, we need to use our words. Don't misunderstand me. But listen to me. Don't get up and talk about how much you, you love God. You see it all over social media. You see it uh, uh, with people that talk about how much they love God, and then their life doesn't back it up. 
their fruit doesn't back it up. And their testimony doesn't back up what they say they believe. It's true with families. It's true uh, with children looking at their parents. It's, it's true with co- amongst coworkers. It's true. I, I could tell you, working in the secular field when I was in, in, in college, uh, I remember people looking, people watching. I wish I could say the entire time I worked, in, uh, I ran the warehouse in a, in a, paper, uh, a paper company. And so I, uh, I uh, drove a forklift and I got all the paper out for all the presses and organized all the paper. And, and uh, I wish I could say that the entire time I worked there, I never lost my temper. But man, there were times where I'd take a run. I, I, I probably couldn't do it now. But back then, I could, take a roll, I could take a roll of paper and chuck it across the warehouse. I mean, or throw it up on the thing. I mean, come bouncing it off the ground. And I mean, I just, you, you told me you needed this paper, and now you need... But let me tell you what I did. And matter of fact, a lot of people from Trinity used to work at this place. We'd always remind each other, the people that are working amongst us aren't saved. And they're watching us. Can I tell you... When something happened in their family, they didn't go to their other co-workers. They came to the people that were Christians. When they needed somebody to pray for them, when they needed somebody to, to give them advice, let me tell you who they went to. They went to people who said that they believed something and then backed it up with a life lived. Your testimony does matter. And your testimony does count. People are watching and you know they're watching. Do you know there are people watching that you don't, that you don't even know that are watching? There are, I, I believe there are people that we'll meet in heaven that we, did, we didn't even know personally. But somehow your testimony, somehow your words, somehow the way you lived your life uh, uh, led them to the proper path, led them to get saved, led them to live their lives right. There are people that had an influence in my life that I really never got a chance or never got an opportunity to say thank you for what you've done in my life. And I can't wait to get to heaven one day and be able to see them face to face and say thank you for what you've done. Thank you how you've impacted my life. Do you know there will be times like that? I believe it. I believe there are times like that where, uh, you know, there should be times like that before we get to heaven. There should be times where somebody that's influenced you, somebody that's been a help to you and a blessing to you. I had somebody call me. It's been several years ago now. This person called me and, and um, they were actually, years ago, part of this church. And, and uh, they, said, they said to me, I, I just would... Do you have a few minutes to talk? I said, of course. And uh, they're moved away and they're in a different state. And, and uh, we got to talk a little bit. And, and he said, I just want you to know that you are one of the reasons that I'm in the ministry today. And I was like, do what? I mean... I know who they were, right? I mean, I, I, of course, they were in our church, and, 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 and we had talked, and we had prayer over several things. And, but I'm thinking to myself, what, what are you talking about? And it's kind of like somebody that says, hey, um, I'll preach an entire message on the second coming of Christ. 
And somebody will come up and say, let me tell you something, preacher. That was the best message on prayer I've ever heard. Like, I don't even think I mentioned prayer. What, what, are you, what are you talking about? Let me tell you something. If you're open to listen to the Holy Spirit of God in your life, then anybody can have an effect on your life. Anybody can be a testimony in your life. If you're just to open your eyes and if you'll just pay attention and if you'll be that person that pays attention to the Holy Spirit and pays attention to the will of God, then you can have an influence. Do you know every Paul should have a Timothy? Every Elijah should have an Elisha. Every person should have somebody that they're influencing for the good, whether that person's in your family or that person's in your school or at your work or in your church or in your neighborhood, wherever that person might be, we should have somebody that we are investing in. Do you know what the Bible says about a, a wife who has an unsaved husband? She can win him by his, what word does the Bible use? Conversation. Oh, I know, I'll talk him to death. No, that's not what conversation we're talking about. We're talking about conversation. We're talking about our testimony. How we live in front of other people. How we act in front of other people. Listen to me. If you dress like and you look like, and you talk like, and you act like the world, nobody's going to assume that you're a Christian. Now listen to me. I know man looks on the outward appearance, God looks on the heart, only God knows. But I want you to know this much. The Bible says that we shall know them by their fruits. I say this all the time. It's the most practical illustration you can come by. Listen to me, I don't go to an apple orchard and then go and scream and holler at the person running the apple orchard because they don't have any oranges. It's an apple orchard. When you go to the tree, there are apples hanging on them, not oranges. Why would you assume they're oranges when it looks like an apple? They say that it's an apple. It tastes like an apple. Then guess what? I'm not going to assume it's a grapefruit. I'm going to assume it's an apple. Why? Because we go by the fruit. We go by how it looks, how it tastes, how it sounds. Listen to me. People are never going to know that you're a Christian. They don't see any fruits. I'm... I tell you, I tell you, preacher, I don't care what you say. I, I'm, a, I'm a born-again believer. I, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. I, I love God. Yeah, but if it's but if your life doesn't back up what you say you believe, then listen to me, nobody's gonna believe you. Well, people shouldn't judge. Listen, I want you to know something. One day you do know this, right? One day you will be judged. <laughs> God's going to judge you one day. This idea that we shouldn't judge and all this other stuff is an absolute misinterpretation of the Scriptures. We judge all the time. We ju when, when we see people, I, I don't know about you, but when I see a sketchy person, now, it may be judgmental, but, and you can call it profile. I don't care what you call it. 
but I'm on high alert. If I'm sitting in a restaurant and some sketchy person comes in, by the way, I always sit where I can see the door. That's just, that's just me. I'm always looking, what, what's the escape route I've got to take? I mean, it's just kind of, maybe it's military, I don't know what it is. But anyways, I sit, and if somebody comes in, I'm watching that person. If somebody comes in, and, and you're in a crowd, we had this happen the other day. We were, we were out in a store, and these two kids, I say they're kids, they're teenagers, they're kids. Man, anymore, you're a kid till you're about 30. But anyways, the older I get. But these kids kept coming by and bumping Bumping into people. I mean, I don't know where the parents were. I don't know if the parents were with them or whatever. But they were running around the store. I mean, literally running. They were bumping into people. And let me tell you something. They never left my sight. You know what I was doing? I was judging them. For, for my own safety, for my own wallet, for my own... They could have been innocent, doing absolutely nothing. But I would tell you something. I was going to be on alert. I was going to make sure. Listen, people are looking all the time. And they're watching. And they're seeing. And they're understanding. And they're knowing. And they're wondering. You see, you can tell your neighbor that you're a Christian all you want to, but if you never leave the house on Sunday, they're going to wonder. I'm not talking about shut-ins, obviously. I mean, if you leave the house Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday... And you're staying home on Sunday and you're talking about how much you're a Christian. You're talking about how much you're a Christian and you don't know the Bible? You're talking about how much you're a Christian and you never pray? You're talking about how much you're a Christian and, and people look at your Facebook or your social media and think to themselves, what? You're a what? That's what a Christian is? Because, by the way, here's what the world often says. If that's what a Christian is, I don't want no part of it. Do you realize, you ever heard this statement before? You are... The only Bible some people may ever see. And, and what, are we, what are we putting forth? What are we showing forth? Look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse number 6. The Bible says, Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you become behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Think about this. If we're going to have the right kind of testimony, we've already talked about two things. There must be a regeneration of spirit. You must, John chapter 3 says, ye must be born again. Listen, if you're not born again, I want to make it really plain and really simple and really easy. Bottom shelf, if you're not born again, you will not go to heaven. According to the Bible, I mean, that's what we preach, right? We don't preach our opinion. We preach what thus saith the Lord. And the bottom line is, if you're not regenerated, if you're not born again, if you're not saved, then you do not have a home in heaven. You don't get a home in heaven because you're a good person. You don't get a home in heaven because you go to church. You don't get a home in heaven because you've been baptized. You don't get a home in heaven because you know people that are saved. You get a home in heaven for one reason and one reason only, and that is being born again. Being saved. See, we're all born once, right? 
I question sometimes. I think some people are born under a rock. But we're all, bo- we're all born. We're all born into this world. But let me tell you something. The only way to get to heaven is to be born again. That's what John uh, uh, was saying uh, uh, there in John chapter number 3 uh, when uh, Nicodemus was asking all them questions. Listen, how can a person be born again? How can a person go back into their mother's womb? We're not talking about physically. We're talking about spiritually being born again. Knowing Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Jesus Christ died upon the cross. He was buried and He rose again the third day so that we could have life and that we could have it more abundantly. You can't go to heaven on your own merits. You can only go to heaven in the merits of another. And there's only one mediator between God and man. It's the man Christ Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. John 14 says, No man cometh unto the Father, Jesus said, but by me. There needs to be a regeneration of spirit. There needs to be a renewing of our thinking. Our thinking. We have, we have jumbled everything in our world today. We are back to the point where we're calling evil good and good evil. And it's an absolute crying shame. And we see things upside down and jumbled. Now, things in the world have always been upside down and jumbled. Here's the crying shame. They've become upside, and jump, uh, upside down and jumbled in the church. In the church. You used to be able to just go to a church and most of the churches believed about the same thing. I've got, I've got uh, quite a few books in my library and they're not all independent fundamental Baptists. If they were all independent fundamental Baptists, I'd have about two bookshelves. Maybe three bookshelves. But I want you to know back in the day, a Presbyterian believed just about the same thing Baptist did. Methodists believed just about the same thing a Baptist did. I mean, you name it, uh, they're not denominational. They believe just about the same thing that we did. I mean, they, it was almost universal. I can tell you, I can put some people into your hand that you would read them and you'd think, man, they believe just like I did. And then I told you that they were Presbyterian and you'd about pass out. But I'm telling you, not no more. You can't even find two Baptists that believe the same thing. We fight. We argue. We split. Do you know just among Baptists, there is independent, there's Southern, there's Northern, there's American. I mean, there's missionary. I, I mean, just go on. And I, I bet there's 20 flavors of Baptists. Do you want to know why? Because we just can't get along. We just can't believe the same thing. And so what do we do? We split and we believe something different. And then guess what happens? Things get jumbled. And then we split and what happens? Things get jumbled again. You go back far enough. Listen, we all come from the same place. But boy, you wouldn't know it now. And some people that call themselves Christians, they've they've changed their thinking about things. As a young person, I was a bad kid. I mean, B-A-D bad. All the way up through my adolescent years, through my teen years, through my 
young adult years bad. We used to go and we used to break into places and tear up people's yards. We were the kids that went by and in the car and took a baseball bat and smashed the mailboxes. And I mean, that's, that's who we were. That's the kids we were. And can, can I tell you something? Never went to church. I didn't, I didn't go. I, didn't, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I didn't, I didn't go to church. But if we drove by a church, it was off limits. You didn't, go in, you didn't even go in and turn around in the parking lot of a church. You didn't do donuts. You didn't break windows. You didn't, I mean, you didn't even go on the property of a church. Nobody taught me that. Nobody taught me that. I just thought to myself, listen to me. We go in there. Got, now, I had a mis, misinterpretation, obviously, of what. But there was, a, there was some fear and some respect. If I go in there, for the longest time, I thought to myself, if I go into church, look, the ceiling's going to fall in and everybody's going to be dead. I mean, God's going to strike me dead with a lightning bolt. That was my messed up thinking, but that was my thinking. And I, and I said, no, 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 I'm not going to. Listen, today, everything's fair game. People break into a church just like they break into a home. People have no respect for church. People have no respect for the pastorate. People have no respect for, for, for church people. Anymore, listen, it used to be, dad will tell you, we'd go into a place, first thing mom would say, yeah, he's, he's a preacher. I'm like, mom, you don't have to tell everybody I'm a preacher. But usually, it would be like, the, the books were, you know, three dollars, but since you're a preacher, the books are a quarter. It's like, nowadays, I just, I just keep, I keep that I'm a preacher to myself. Because, you know, yeah, being a preacher, I'll give you a 10% discount. Now, you know, I'm inflating it 20% to give you the 10% because preachers are, you know, they're all crooked. You see, where, see how our, now some of it's our fault. Don't misunderstand me. Some of it's our fault. Some of it's the church's fault. But our, our thinking has changed. If we're going to have the right kind of testimony then we've got to have, remember we talked about it? We've got to have the mind of Christ. The book of Philippians says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let me give you the last thing. When it comes to having the right kind of testimony, we need to not only have a regeneration of spirit, a renewing of thinking, but we need to have a rearranging of priorities. We need to have a rearranging of priorities. We need to get back to making the main thing the main thing. Why do we do what we do? Why are we living the way we're living? Why do we go to church? Why do we read our Bible? Why do we pray? Have you ever sat back and, and asked yourself those questions? You ever sat back and asked yourself, what's the most important thing in my life? And I'm here to tell you, some of the answers are wrong. Well, the most important thing in my life is my spouse. Be careful. Mama, be careful with the idea that the most important thing in, in your life is your children. Now, I'm not saying they're not important, and I'm not saying that they're not right up there, but I'm telling you something. Seek ye first. 
the kingdom of God. That's what the scripture says. Jesus Christ is first place, and nothing should ever take the place of Jesus. Whether that's a person or it's a thing, there are things that are important to me. There are things that are important to you. There are things in your life that are priceless, right? You'd never give, you'd never sell them. There are things that I have that if you offered me enough money, I wouldn't even think about it. Here you go. There are things that I have in my life that I, I, I can honestly say you could offer me any amount of money and I would, not, I would not sell it. I would not sell it to you. Why? Because it's priceless. It's important to me. And things that are important to me ought to take precedence in our life. Is Jesus important to you? If he's not, we've got to rearrange our priorities. If he's not the most important thing in our church, we need to rearrange the priorities of our church. If he's not the most important thing in our homes, then we need to rearrange uh, uh, our priorities in our home. If he's not the most important thing in our church, then we need to rearrange the things that are important to us in our church. Why? Because Jesus is first and always should be and always will be first in our lives. Think about this when it comes to our priorities that we have in our lives. We need to get our priorities in order. Jesus needs to be first. Matthew 6 and 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Jesus needs to be first. Number one, he needs to be first in our hearts. He needs to be first in our hearts. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. God wants us to love Him and love Him first. He should not only be resident in your heart, He ought to be president in your heart as well. You see, resident in your heart is that you're saved, you're born again, you know Christ is your Savior, you've been regenerated, we talked about that already, and Jesus Christ lives within your heart, your sins have been forgiven, you've been born again, praise God, you have a home in heaven, He's resident in your heart, but just because He's resident in your heart doesn't make Him president of your heart. Let me tell you what president of your heart means, it means that what He says goes. Right? He's, he's in charge. He takes rule. Is he ruler of your life? Or are you the ruler of your life? You see, so often what we've done is we've taken charge of, of our own life and, and we've, we've made this whole life of ours and then we say, God, bless this. This is, this is my life. Bless this. This is what I want. no. What we should be saying is, Lord, what would you have me to do? Bless that. That's, what, that's, the, that's the, our way of thinking, the way we should. So what do we got to do? There's got to be some things that we got to rearrange. If there are things that are important to you, now watch this. This is very elementary, but I'm telling you, we don't do it. If, if, there, are things, if there are things that are more important than other things then sometimes you have to say no so you can say yes. Do you understand that? I'll give you for instance. There's a, there's a game on that you want to watch, and it's on Sunday. Lots of reasons I don't watch the NFL anymore, but that's one of them. 
Um, but they're always on Sunday. And sometimes you have to say no to something that's important to you. And by the way, that which is important to you doesn't make it wrong. That doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means I have to rearrange my priorities because this is more important. And sometimes we've got to choose. Sometimes we've got to decide. Listen to me. If I had the choice to hang out with my wife or you, it's not hard. I'm just sorry. Why? Because she's more important to me. I'm going to hang out with, if I have the opportunity to hang out with my wife or or hang out with my buddy, I'm going to hang out with my wife. If I have an opportunity to hang out with my kids, listen, I take, I take full advantage of it while my, while my kids are all grown adults now. But while, while, while they still want to hang out with me, I'll drop everything, I, everything that I'm doing, I'll drop to go, to go have lunch with Kyle. I'll drop anything. I'll drop anything to do anything for my girls. But anyway, I'll drop anything to go. I mean, I'll drive, you know, clear North Carolina to have lunch with Anna. I mean, if she wants to have lunch. Why? Because they're important to me. And the things that are important to us, watch this. The things that are important to us, number one, we'll spend time with, and number two, we'll spend money on. I got a Bible collection. It's a problem. I, mean, I, I know it. It's an addiction. I get it. To, but I'm telling you right now, Bibles are not. I don't, know if you've, I don't know if you've priced Bibles lately, but they are outrageously expensive. And I don't want the average Bible, right? I want the goat skin. I want uh, want the alligator. I want, listen, I found a a Bible. It was was already sold. I found a Bible that was made, now some of y'all are going to be disgusted, okay? But I was intrigued. It was made from elephant skin. So I said, holy smokes, that is cool. The inside of it was made from um, kid, baby goats. I don't know who this person is, but whatever. You know, said he ain't going to heaven. But anyways, um, <laughs> this, this, this Bible is so cool. And I said, oh my goodness, you know how awesome that would be to have that Bible? Just to have that Bible? I scrolled down $780 American dollars? What? And it was sold. It wasn't even for sale. It was already sold. And I, So, Babels are expensive. And man, every time I want one, every time I see one, I mean, I get rebinds. I got all these crazy leathers, all these. But you know what it costs? It costs money. So, you know what I do? I say no to some other things that I want so I can say yes to that because otherwise I couldn't do it. I can't say yes to everything and say yes to that. You understand what I'm saying? Our priorities are the same. Some of y'all, something else is important. That may not be an important thing to you. Something else is important to you. And you know what you do? You spend time and you spend money on it. Some of y'all like hunting. I'm a big eater. I'm not a big hunter. I like to eat what you shoot, but I'm not a big hunter. But I'm going to tell you something. You talk about expensive? We were at a yard sale. Kyle and I were at a yard sale yesterday. We came across a, um, a ground blind f- that, that fits four people. 
and got the windows in it, the whole nine yards. I mean, camouflage, gorgeous. It all wraps up and goes into this through this this thing, and and uh, and, and we got it for thirty bucks. Kyle said, "I'm not, I'm not sure. I think that's a pretty good deal." I said, "You think?" We looked up the brand. It was like 140 bucks or something stupid. I'm thinking to myself, good night. You want to buy a gun? You buy a gun. You buy, have you bought a gun lately? Holy smokes, you talk about expensive. And then you got to have the ammo. The gun's no good. Listen, you can't throw the gun at the deer. You got to have bullets in it, right? And so you got to pay for those. And then, you, I mean, you got a gear you got to put on and all this stuff. I mean, they've got, they've got stuff where you can smell like deer urine. I mean, I, it's great. I'm glad you do it because some of y'all give me me. I'm thankful for it, right? But I want you to understand something. It costs money. It takes time. I'm not getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning and going sitting in a stand somewhere and, and I mean, freezing half to death and, and it's not even hardly light yet. I, I forget it. You know what? It takes time. You know what I want to do? Sleep. Thank you. But you let me tell you what it does. Priorities. They rearrange things. I remember Forrest used to say all the time. He used to tell, he used to tell Jessica all the time, listen, we can do whatever, whatever, whatever. But this date is when deer season starts. Everything else is canceled. The church calendar, we didn't have any, any travel anywhere. They didn't go on vacation. They didn't, do, they didn't do nothing. Why? Because this is deer season. It's important to him. Do you know what we need to do, church? We need to arrange our priorities according to that which we say we love. To that which we say is important to us. And if God is important to us, then we need to rearrange our priorities as such that we love the Lord thy God with all our hearts. Psalm 119 in verse number 10, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Uh, with my whole heart, verse 10 says, with my whole heart have I sought thee. What is that? With everything that I have, you become first in my life. Jesus first in our hearts. Jesus first in our homes. Jesus first in our homes. Who takes precedence in your home? Who's first play? What are you teaching your kids? What are you teaching your grandkids? <clears throat> I don't know about you, but when I raised my children, I wanted my children to be several things. Number one, I wanted, to, I wanted them to be good citizens. I did not want my children to be leeches on society. I wanted my children to be, to be Christians. I wanted my children to serve the Lord. I had priorities for my kids and we rearranged our home according to those priorities you know one of the things that I never wanted my kids to experience is smoking a cigarette I just didn't want them to do that I mean for several reasons but I just didn't want that part of their lives and do you know how contradictory it is to tell your children not to do that and then you do it yourself I don't want my children. I don't want my children to be drunks. There's some of these things I didn't want my children to do because I experienced them myself. 
And I didn't want my children to experience those things in their lives. You know what we did? We made priorities in our home. In our home, it's always been a policy. It always will be a policy that there's no alcohol allowed in my home. I've had people that are not Christians come to my home, and they were not allowed to have alcohol in my home. It just They're just not allowed. Your home's your home. That's your priorities. You do it. But let me tell you something. We made that a priority in our home. And I want you to understand something. What's important to you, you better make it a priority. You better stand up and say, hey, wait a minute. No on this and yes on this. Because if you don't, the devil will. If you don't, somebody at school will. If you don't, Somebody at church will. Let me tell you what we pounded into our kids. Listen. We have to be aware of people. Our girls, listen to me. Anna, is my, is my, she's my gypsy. That, that child, she has no fear of nothing. We've always taught them. And with their home, now, she does what she wants. She's 22 years old. She's fixing me 23 do what she wants, you know, out. But when she's home and she wants to go to Walmart in the middle of the night, I won't let her. 22 years old. Let me tell you something. My wife is older than 22 years old. I don't let her go to Walmart by herself at night. Tell you something. This world can't be trusted. There's crazy people doing crazy things. And we've always been uh, protective. Let me tell you what everybody calls it. It's, they call it a helicopter parent. Anybody else a helicopter parent? Oh, my goodness. When we dropped Emma off, when we dropped Emma off, let me tell you something. That's what we did. We hovered the entire time. I told them. I went in there telling them I was a helicopter parent. Dropped them off. Oh, a lot of these other kids, they come. I mean, they were coming by themselves. They were coming. Their parents were dropping them off. We stayed like two days. Had to make sure her room was in order. Everything was decorated. Everything was organized. Everything was, I mean, I was checking out all the guys, uh, making sure they were in background check. No, I'm just kidding. But, I, you know, I was just, I wanted to make sure, we wanted to make sure that this was a safe place for our daughter. You know why? Because it's a priority. Right? If it's a priority in your life, you're going to take time and you're going to spend money. You need to make your home a priority. You need to make your children a priority. You need to make your grandchildren a priority. They ought to be a priority. You ought to make your spouse a priority. If they're not already Make them a priority in your life. God first, yes, but God's got to be first, not only in our hearts, but in our homes. 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 15. Not only in our homes and in our hearts, but God needs to be first in the house of God. God needs to be first in the house of God. Me, me, me. That's the, often the problem that we have in relationships, at work, at school. And it's often the same problem we have at our church. Me, me, me. You see, your parents may have told you this, 
but they lied to you. You are not the center of the universe. You're not. You're not the center of the church. You're not the center of the workplace. You're not the center of the home. Jesus Christ must be the foundation. He must be the cornerstone. If he's not, everything gets out of whack. Can you see it in our world? Can you see it with, listen, you can't hardly say anything anymore without offending somebody? I told Wendy the other day, we were in a store, and me and Kyle were in a store, and I, and I went to leave the, leave the store, and they, they made my food, and I was getting it to go, and, and I said, thank you, sir. And then I thought to myself immediately, should I have said sir? Do you know how crazy that is to have to think that way? He was clearly a he, by appearances anyways. But what if he went by the pronoun they? Well, you're just going to have to go by that pronoun. I'm still calling you he. I'm sorry. Now, I don't mean to be offensive. And I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just telling you we are upside down in our world today. You can't say anything without somebody calling you prejudice or somebody calling you transphobic or somebody calling you a bigot. You're just a religious fanatic. Do what? And you're seeing it more and more and more in our world today. Look back and listen to some old songs. Kyle was listening to this old country song. We were listening to the, listen, it wasn't really that old, but um, we listened to this old country song, and um, it was, and it was saying all I want to you, most of you know what the song is, but anyways, um, I was thinking to myself, and we actually said out loud, can you imagine if they put out that song today? I mean, look, I'll tell you, you know, the song is, I can't remember the name of the song, but it's, um, these days, dudes, dudes getting facials, manicured and waxed and Botoxed. You've heard, you've heard that song. And I'm thinking to myself, are you allowed to say that anymore? And they're playing it on the radio. And, you know, people are offended. People are offended because you're this. People are offended because you're that. People are offended because it won't be long. Listen to me. It won't be long before they start coming in the church. And they start saying, the preacher can't say that. And you can't believe this. I'm telling you, if you don't think it's coming, you're blind. It's coming. And when it comes, where's our priorities? Right? Where's our, pri- where's our priorities in the house of God? Are you willing to go to prison for your faith? Are you willing to give your life for your faith? Now, most of us would jump up. Stand up on the pews, shout it from the housetops, Preacher, I'm willing. And we're willing until a gun is put to our head. We don't really know what we do until we got into the situation, but I want you to know something. You don't wait until then. You get your priorities straight now. Know what you believe now, and what you believe ought to, be, ought to emanate from your life, and other people ought to be able to see it. I'm not, I'm not saying that we should be offensive. 
I'm not saying that we should get up and, and, and be ugly and mean-spirited and all these other things. I'm not, I'm not that group of morons that get up and go to, go to military funerals and protest military funerals. I, I, I'm not talking about being offensive, but I am talking about getting up and preaching, thus saith the Lord. And what the Lord says, no matter what the world says, what the, world, what, the, what the Bible says, what God's Word says, what God says ought to take precedence over anything else that man says. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning, you've not saved. You've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You've never been born again. You've never been redeemed. Can I tell you this morning that God loves you? Jesus Christ died for you upon the cross. He was buried And He rose again the third day. The Bible says that He shed His blood so that you might have the remission of sins. Place your faith and trust in Him this morning and He'll save you. How do I know He'll save you? Because Paul said He already saved the chief of sinners. And I could say with Paul that He's already saved the chief of sinners. If He can save me, He can save you. You say, preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure if I die right now to go to heaven to be with God, and I'm concerned about that. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up this morning and right back down, and I pray for you. I'm not going to come to where you are. I wouldn't embarrass you anyway. I just want to pray for you in my need. I see your hand. I appreciate that, and I'll pray for you. Is there another? I'm not sure about it, preacher. I need to get it settled, though. Would you pray for me? But you know, if you're saved and your sins have been forgiven, are your priorities straight? How's your testimony? Is God first? Is God first in your home? Is God first in your heart? Is God first in our, in our church? If not, why not? Let's make Him the priority in our lives. It's going to take a rearranging of our priorities. It's going to take a renewing of our thinking. But in the end, It'll be worth it all. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed, instruments playing this morning, a hymn invitation. Can I invite you to come this morning? If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, let us show you out of the Word of God how you can know for sure you're going to heaven when you die. Don't don't cross your fingers and cross your toes and hope it's going to happen. You can know it. You can know that your sins are forgiven. You can know that you're going to one day have a home in heaven. If you'll just place your faith and trust in Jesus, He will save you. If you need to come, for whatever reason, as the instruments play, this morning you come.
Amen. Good to see you this morning. Good to be here in the house of the Lord. Teenagers, if you have not done so already, make sure that you get back there and sign up for uh, the bowling night coming up and a couple other sign-up sheets back there. So make sure that you get back there and get signed up for that. Tonight, following the evening service, we will have a, um, a church-wide men's meeting uh, the following Sunday, church-wide business meeting, okay, uh, in the evening services uh, tonight and uh, next week. And so the Sundays that Brother Appleby is going to be here, I keep saying the 28th because it is the 28th. It's the 21st and the 28th, okay, that he'll be here those Sundays. Uh, not next Sunday, but the following will be the first Sunday we'll have not only recognize our um, graduates, but it'll also be our, um, our missions change um, um, week. So first Sunday of the month, don't forget to, uh, to bring your change. All the money that comes in for that goes to our missionary children uh, for uh, Christmas time. Heavenly Father, we love you. We do thank you this time together. Dismiss us with your blessing. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.